Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, a retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. Ron, I mentioned that uh, my wife and I often vacation in the fall. We try to slip down to Mexico for a little while, get some sunshine and get prepared for winter. And we were recently down there and I had a conversation with a very successful Mexican businessman. And he made a quote to me that kind of, it, it stopped me in my tracks. And then when I sat down and thought about it, I said, he's right on. He said to me, Mexico will be the next China. What do you think about that? Well, COVID and the recent Cold War have exposed how vulnerable we are to supply chain disruptions. Western nations especially have reacted by adjusting their trading to become less dependent on China and Russia. And out of this transition has, you know, come an unlikely winner. Mexico has emerged out of the shadows and you'll be blown away by this statistic. I certainly was when I saw it, that uh, Mexico has now become America's largest trade partner. You know, after watching their exports to the U.S. fall by 24% during the first nine months of 2023, China moves down to second place, while Canada, which used to be number one, sinks to third. Now, even five years ago, even two years ago, this would have been unthinkable. Hmm. Not a very good picture of the Canadian economy, is it, and how we do business with our neighbors here. Uh, they have a big population, There's and, and I, this is going to come out sounding the wrong way, but there's a lot of inexpensive labor there. But that's changing. You know, I made reference earlier to economics and the peso. The peso is quite strong right now compared to where it's been in my recent memory, and the Mexicans aren't fond of that. They don't want a strong peso. They'd like it to weaken a little bit, keep the money coming in. Yeah, Mexico has a population of 132 million people, and it's got a middle class of 45% of their population. And by keeping the peso cheap, people don't realize that Mexico is stealthily moved up in the numbers. They're the sixth largest maker of automobiles. They're the fourth largest exporter of textiles. They're the 11th largest food processing industry, and when most of us think of Mexico as basically desert, they're the fifth largest exporter of appliances and furniture. Mexico has 650 companies manufacturing medical devices. So it's not just low-tech stuff. 300 aerospace manufacturers, and of course, they're the world's 10th largest producer of oil. So there's a lot of diversity in that economy. So now we have a trade partnership between Mexico, Canada, the United States, which was renegotiated, I think, under Trump. But, you know, the advantages here with Mexico is it's, it's close by, right? We don't have to, there's no overseas shipping involved here. No, and, and we're getting, you know, a big um, financial trend has been nearshoring. So you bring your manufacturing onshore, you bring it nearby so you don't have disruptions in transportation. And you by nearshoring, you're looking for countries that have competitive wages. Now, if you look at 2009, the average manufacturing wage in the United States was $18.40. In China, it was $2.50. In Mexico, it was $2.70. So back in 2009, you could go to Mexico, but it was cheaper to be in China. That has changed as of the fourth quarter of 2022, and those are the last numbers I could find. Manufacturing is $25.60 per hour in the U.S. 
in China, it's gone from $2.50 to $9. Hmm. So it's more than tripled. And Mexico has gone from $2.70 an hour to $3.60 an hour. It's gone up. But these low wage prices make Mexico a very, very competitive place uh, to, to do business. And, of course, it's got um, lots of industrious people. It's got a growing middle class. It's right next to the United States. And it's got a free trade agreement that's lowered barriers. You know, they've kept inflation down. And that's shown up in the Mexican stock market, which is, uh, is up 69% in the last three years and 77% over the last five. And, you know, the Mexican economy is expected to grow 3.5% is what the final number looks like for 2023. And it should grow about 2.5% 2024, which means its growth rate, frankly, is going to be higher than Canada's. Okay, well, we all, these are startling numbers, as you say, but I know there'll be a perception amongst people, and in a lot of cases, perception is reality. There are a lot of downsides to investing in Mexico. Crime is a big one, right? That's right off the top of the list, I think. Yeah, crime and just personal security. I mean, homicides, and a homicide is when somebody gets killed, are 29 per 100,000. And if you compare that to Canada, where homicides are two per 100,000, I mean, the drug cartels, if they don't like you... Um, they eliminate you. <laughs> you end up being in a shallow grave in the desert someday. And uh, debt, well, surprisingly, Mexico's debt to gross domestic product is comparatively low at 53%. And you consider that or compare that to the United States, where it's 123%. So... You know, debt actually per GDP is much is over twice as high in the U.S., but Mexican sources of revenue are volatile because of all the corruption there, making budgeting a big challenge. And that's why you see uh, markets go up and down uh, so quickly. You know, and Mexico scores less favorably regarding property rights, judicial effectiveness and government integrity you know, due to weak rule of law and a lot of briberies. And, of course, they're a socialist country with a bias towards state-owned enterprises and policies that really aren't that great for the private sector. And we've got an election coming up there. And as it gets closer, the reforms become more radical to appeal to their populist base. And, of course, you know, if you look at uh, the currency and the market volatility, uh, you know, the Mexican market has had seven negative years since 2009. So they've got an extremely volatile market. Well, when you talk about the currency volatility, that's the example that comes to mind for me. Is the peso was up 20% year over year. That, that's what I found because we were getting, I think it was 15 pesos to the Canadian dollar this year. It was 12. Well, that's a 20% difference, right? That's a big jump in one year. You know, and that's what scares people away because not only do you have economic volatility, you have currency volatility, interest rate volatility, and market volatility, and regulatory volatility. And so those are those are big risks to invest in this place. So what should we think about here? Should we be looking at companies that from Canada, as an example, that might have a Mexican component to them? Is that one way to play this? Yeah, so you can invest in Canadian and U.S. companies that have high earnings exposure uh, and sales exposure to Mexico. They're easier to follow and understand uh, than domestic Mexican companies, and usually they're far less 
exposed to graft and corruption. And, uh, you know, an example of that would be uh, Union Pacific, which is, I think, either the largest or the second largest railroad uh, gourd in the United States. And uh, they've had a five-year rate of return of 78%. Now, Union Pacific is the only railroad with access to all six border crossings from the U.S. into Mexico. So they have far more exposure getting goods back and forth uh, across the Rio Grande than any other any other company that I, I know of because they, they access all the border crossings. So UNP is an example of what we're talking about. Now, the, the second point I want to make in strategy is you can buy a Mexican exchange-traded fund that holds a basket of stocks that are in the major Mexican indexes, and it lowers your risk rather than buying one individual company. So an example of that would be the iShares Mexico ETF, symbols EWW, it trades in the U.S., and they own 43 Mexican stocks in their portfolio. The management expense ratio is half a percent. Uh, they've had sizzling one-year rates of return of 35%. Because there's been so many down years in there, the last 10 years, their annual compound rate of return is 1.2. But if you were patient, you've held it since uh, inception in 2000, you'd average about 8.6% per year, which uh, That's frankly, pretty attractive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty attractive, and it's got a yield of 2.4%. So uh, spreading your money around, to me, makes sense. Or buying Canadian or U.S. companies with high earnings exposure, and we've tried to give you some examples of both. So these are traders, though. Like, if you buy this ETF, is do you sit with it for a while, or do you do you trade it if you know the markets start to get a little wiggly? Well, my view on these, because that market is so volatile with so many negative years, where they haven't gone down a bit, they've gone down a lot. Is Mexican stocks are you want a date? You don't want to walk down the aisle and say, uh, "Never do us part." So they're. You want to date Mexican stocks. You don't want to marry them and hold them forever. Okay. Well, it's a country that you may not have thought about looking at, but you should be paying attention. As a, uh, and I, I have to say, I've met a lot of Mexican people in my travels over the last decade because I've spent a fair amount of time down there. A lot of these are really hardworking people. There's that perception of them being kind of lazy and listless and, you know, manana, manana and all that kind of stuff. That's not the case anymore. They're out to get things done right now. Gord, when I had a company, and we used to buy uh, during 2007 to 2009, we set it up, and we bought distressed properties, we fixed them up, and we sell them. Uh, this was in uh, southern Nevada. Uh, most of our crews were Mexican, and uh, they were, you know, we always made sure that they had um, a residency or a visa or a passport. And uh, so we weren't hiring people that had just come across the border and were working illegally. But even so, we found that we got way more done. You know, we could have a house that they would come in and with a crew, they could take a 2,400 square foot house and they would have the thing painted in one day. And our costs would be probably a third less than any other crew we could find. And we didn't, and with other crews, we didn't know when they'd start. We didn't know when they'd finish. Uh, they weren't sure exactly what they'd charge. These guys would tell us up front 
what they would charge, when they'd be there, and when they'd be gone. You know, I've always had incredible experience and found uh, Latinos to be very, very conscientious and hardworking. So something you should pay attention to. Take a look at Mexico, not just as a place to go on a vacation. <laughs> All right, Ron, we're back again next week with with an important topic, one that uh, not it doesn't affect everybody because not everybody has children. But if you have children and and you want to teach your kids about investing or investing for your children, there's some things you should pay attention to here, aren't there? Especially if they're getting married because, you know, one in two marriages ends up breaking up and second marriages the percentage is even higher and third marriages it's even higher so if you're going to be helping your kids especially with uh to buy a house these days there's certain things that you want to look at and we're going to be talking about those next week of how to protect the money that you put into your uh your kids assets so we hope you can join us for that, another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll join you next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.